0: It goes without saying that I am not a native Irish speaker, let alone do I have much Irish in me at all, despite living in Ireland for the past few years. It's a very complicated language, but that doesn't mean that I'm not fascinated by the structure of the language. For instance, if you were trying to say, I am sad, in English we sort of have this equal sign, the am, I equal sad, whereas in Irish, in Gaelic, it would be ta-bron-oram. At least that's the best I can pronounce it, ta-bron-oram. And orum is a combination of two words, ar and may, on me. Sadness is on me. You can see how this plays in the psyche very interesting. And when I awoke the other day, It felt that I couldn't quite lift into the day as I normally could. Entering into a pleasant state of mind, like I would lift off the covers of my bed, the sadness, the disappointment, the dread, the self-doubt really was on top of me, hung to me, heaviness. Now in this episode of A Quiet Voice, with me, Colin, We're going to be talking about what we can do to get out from underneath this self-doubt or any emotion and why it is important to think of emotions as something that is on us rather than something we are, that we hold. A few mornings... This past week reminded me of larger periods, much longer stretches of my life in which I felt as if I was in the doldrums, no wind in my sails pushing me to my next destination to, you know, nice, pristine beaches. I woke in the morning, lifted off the covers, but was never quite able to lift off a sense of self-doubt. persistent I am, I try to find a little bit of momentum. In the day, I look for easy tasks, easy things that I can do that just start to put me into the frame of mind of being able to do something. What can I control in this day when the future seems so muddy? And so I went to the grocery store, a simple task to just bring myself into the present, go through the long list of things that I needed to buy. All of the healthy food, I assure you. Of course, there might have been a few chocolate bars that sneak in, but I go down each one of my list, crossing off each item, making sure that I'm getting exactly what I want. Carrying my reusable bags, of course, like a responsible... Customer, I bring them up to the till and I'm greeted by this woman, this teller, who is wearing a flower pin on her jacket. Nothing too remarkable about her, except she greeted me with an odd greeting. She said, Happy hump day. This just sort of catches you off guard when you're in sort of a muddied headspace, awake for a couple hours, but still feeling like you're just crawled out of bed. I said, What's that? A holiday? She says, no, it's just, it's just Wednesday, hump day. I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess it is, I guess it is. And she said, and a happy one, it is at that. And I was like, okay, well, this person is sort of just trying to turn me into another another frame of mind. And with just a few words and a pleasant smile, it's as if I had just been twisted a little bit. This tight little screw that I had had just gotten a few tough turns So I was a little bit looser, just a little bit, a little bit looser. She asked me how my day was going, just making polite conversation. I said, you know, it's going. It's not so bad, which is true. (laughs) It's true. That's a very common greeting in Ireland, though. Somebody asks you what, how is everything going? And you just say, oh, it's not so bad, not so bad. I don't know what that speaks about our internal vocabulary when we're judging every day or the common expression, "Ah, it's not so bad. Not so bad. Language is funny like that. And I stuck to that. I stuck to that expression. Ah, oh, it's not so bad today. It's tr- truthfully, it wasn't. And she said, well, don't forget to give time to yourself. And this struck a chord. This was a fifth, you know, an octave note on a uh, piano. It just sort of rang through me and really pushed into my heart in a way that when you hear something that you need to hear, especially from an unexplained source. It's one thing to hear something from a friend or a family member or a therapist, a preacher, or maybe somebody that has a little bit of authority within society. But this person is a cashier, a stranger, somebody I didn't even know and much less seen before at this particular supermarket. And uh, the wisdom of strangers seems to penetrate the veil that we put up between people a lot a lot easier. Cuts like a knife just brings it right down so you can start to see things as they as they really are. So don't forget to give time for yourself and I said I I, I really needed to hear that. I just told her I really needed to hear that. I'm taking a little bit of time today which is the thing that I decided at that moment. (laughs) I said I'm lucky I've got a good partner who knows when I need to pull back a little bit and start to take time for myself. And she reminds me of those things. And she said, oh, well, that's that's great. That's just what a good partner must do, is remind you to take time for yourself. I was like, yeah, that's true. I said, now trying to interact with her on an intellectual level, you know, that's the first step towards bonding with somebody is, in, is intellectually connecting with ideas, you know? Happens sometimes before touch, I said, it seems that in our modern life, we get pulled to the extremes. We get dragged into the past or we get pulled into the future. And I said, both of those things involve suffering. And if we're just able to stay in the present, then we won't suffer. These are the kind of things that I say to a cashier at about 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) You can see why this podcast is something that just sort of naturally developed when I'm, you know, just probably shocking people with, a, with, with you know, statements that come like electricity. But this woman wasn't phased. She wasn't shocked. She's like, oh, yes, you're right. Well, they call the present a present for a reason. <laughs> and at this point, I started to become aware that there were two or three other customers behind me waiting to come up to the till to leave and go about their day. But luckily, Irish people are extremely patient. And so you could have a conversation like this and everybody else just sort of allows it to happen, or at least that's my assumption, and I'm fervently going to live that truth because it allows me to engage with people, you know, in this way, converse with them about some sort of grand philosophical idea at 10.30 in the morning at the super value checkout line. This is where wisdom is practically written on stone, you know, in encounters with strangers. She said the present is a present, that's why we call it a present. And then she said to me, and you know, if I were you, what I would do is I would walk over to that coffee machine and I would get yourself a nice chai latte. Now, if there's two things that you should know about me, number one is that I like to talk to strangers, (laughs) listen to their wisdom, and maybe share my own in a way that's sort of like, let's hope to penetrate the veil and make a connection. The second one is I like chai lattes. So... (laughs) So when somebody, a stranger out of nowhere, recommends me to get a chai latte, this is not a, uh, a voice from God that, uh, a warning I'm not going to heed. <laughs> I'm going to take that lesson. I can take that. There's a lot of lessons I can't follow, a lot of wisdom that I can't follow, a lot of advice that I can give, but it's tough following. But when somebody tells me to get a chai latte, I can do that. And she said, Get yourself a chai latte and go sit outside and just watch the world go by. I was like, jeez, man, this woman is just on fire. (laughs) And so I told her, I said, there is a reason why I came to this line this morning. You know, I want to return the favor. I want to just make her aware of how positive she is. And I even asked her, I was like, "How, how do you stay so positive? You know, thinking and maybe projecting for a second that I would be terribly unhappy if I was working at a teller at a supermarket. It's not my place to project that, but that's what happens. she said, you know, it's just nice state of mind. It's just, I've got a lot to be grateful for. And so I just try to remember that and, you know, move on through the day. This is just me. Phenomenal. Phenomenal woman, and I thanked her for that. I took the chai latte. I had my little sit at the base of the hill, watched the cars go by, sip on a nice creamy little spice, a little cinnamon, a little bit of nutmeg. Perfect. Perfect in a way that makes that climb with two big bags of groceries up a hill back to my house a lot easier. I took her advice even further, and I went for a walk. You know, the thing that everyone says is really good for your mental health, but somehow we don't make time enough for it in our day. Well, I was going to take time for it this day. I walked out to the quay in the town in which I live, and... Back to the Tide, which if you didn't listen to my previous episode, I go more into the liminal space and how nature presents us with opportunities to constantly see the beauty and the wisdom that's in the present and in these cycles. I'm not going to go into it today, but I went to the Tide and I just watched this tiny little boat fastened to an anchor, fastened to a little buoy out in a tidal channel, just rise and fall, turn a little bit to the left with the change of the current rise again, fall again. And I was reminded again, that just in the same way, the tide will always come back in and always go back out, that there is a natural rhythm of a lot of the emotions that we experience. It's something that is happening to us. Beautiful sentence that was brought to me recently by Ram Das. He asks, let thoughts and judgments of the mind be thoughts and judgments of the mind. Just that, nothing more. Let's not attach to them. Holding onto a rock in the stream, not letting go but rather just allow them to happen. See, where the doubt comes from is anyone's guess. A psychotherapist might want to investigate my unconscious or go back to my childhood and explore all of the blockages I have with creativity or maybe something that my parents said that that lodged into my brain like a fly trapped in a jar. <laughs> but if you recall from a previous episode in which I was talking about John O'Donohue, he recommends that we don't go back and try to dig up all of the old traumas. That in the process of sometimes digging up the trauma, we disturb all of the fertile soil in which new things are beginning to grow. And if we attach too much to trying to correct our feelings about the past, then we'll never be able to cultivate the seeds for the future. Now, how do we do this? How do we allow for the seeds to grow? How do we be patient, especially when along a spiritual journey or a development of any sort of Psychological health, emotional health, stability comes without waypoints. <laughs> there are not no road signs that say five more miles to enlightenment or ten more miles to peace of mind and contentment. just doesn't really exist. And coming back to the present allows us to exist without suffering. Suffering, in the words of probably other spiritual leaders or spiritual people that I can't even crawl at the minute, are suffering is in the future or the past. It's never in the present. And how can you say that? How can you say that, Colin, all of my pain, I feel right now as visceral as someone tapping on my shoulder or stabbing me in the neck with an ice pick. I feel the emotion. I'm going to tell you the way that helps me, a couple ways, actually. Number one is I go into nature. (laughs) Perhaps you already knew that. I go next to the water to be reminded of these cycles. But there's something about nature that penetrates us in a way that being inside, being indoors doesn't allow us to. See, if we're inside all the time, we're contained Within our space and our emotions can sort of hang in the air. And just in the same way that if we have a bad smell from some rotten fish in the fridge, we open up the windows to allow a breeze to take it away, we have to go outside. We have to take a walk. We have to open up the windows of our own mind to allow nature to blow out all of the cobwebs. You can do this in a couple of ways. You can walk on a beach or on a pair of grass on a patch of grass and take off your shoes. This is a great way to allow the natural wind to blow through you, not just on your skin but up through your feet and out through your head and try that for 15 minutes and let me know what you think. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Though it is very important. No What I want to talk about is what the tide helped me remember about the cycle of feelings. See, as I watched that tide creep back in, I started to see how a lot of the emotions that I was feeling were connected to the fact that I felt as if I was between a beginning and an end. And that beginning, and the end, pulled me apart. I looked at the past and I saw all of the mistakes, all of the missed opportunities. And I looked at the future and I saw uncertainty, I saw fear, I saw failure, I saw two polarities pulled and pulling me apart. Just in the same way, though, the tide comes in, it lifts boats that were once resting on the muddy the muddy bank. The boats float. The water washes and lifts them up. And they feel great, just in the same way we all feel at the very beginning of something. And just in the same way the tide goes out, it leaves the boats distressed. It leaves them hung up, straining the tethers that ground them to the dock. See, what that supermarket clerk did for me is remind me that I am not the rhythm of my thoughts. I am not the rhythm of ...of my environment, I am something else. I am just an observer. I am not the thoughts that spin around my head like a storm on some days. And that if I can receive the wisdom that comes from other people... ...if I can be vulnerable with them as well, that's how I receive. If I share with them my authentic feelings... I open myself up to the right people, I start to receive wisdom that helps me get out of my current predicament. What's more is I start to see the world as a nicer place versus if I go outside and I keep everyone at a, at a arm's distance. If I push people away, then all I start to see is them pushing me away. You might recall a certain... Sanskrit phrase tattwam asi that came from an earlier episode, episode 13. It reminds us that we are everyone and everything around us, and that the peace and clarity of the mind comes from the peace and clarity of the world. And the peace and clarity of the world comes from the peace and clarity of our own mind. And I thought to myself, how am I allowing myself to be in the place to be lifted by forces like the tide, like that ambient positivity that's circling around us all the time, that great beautiful reminder in liminal space that everything's going to be all right? How am I putting myself in places to be reminded about that? It's a question I'd ask you as well. Because so often we can box ourselves in when we need the help the most. We might not reach out to people. I was grateful that some sort of shred of divinity came through the voice of a supermarket clerk I didn't have a friend to go to at that moment I didn't have somebody to reach out to and say look I need some help or hey I'm not feeling so great do you want to do something it's one thing to have those things and I would hold on to those if you can put yourself in a place of vulnerability and connect with those around you because that's the way that we make the most authentic connections these chances to deepen and form extremely deep relationships within our community come because we ask for help, come because we we say that we're not perfect or that we're not always strong enough to do the thing that we have to do. And you have to be open to say those things to sometimes allow the forces to work in your favor. And the second thing I thought is that now that I was feeling a little bit better is Am I being a voice for that kind of positivity? Am I being a levy for this great flow to move into the lives of others, people who need that tidal flow to lift their boats, you know? It must be awfully sad for a boat to just lay on the hard, bare surface. And if we can just allow the water to come to them and they can start to see that they're not alone, that they just have this natural buoyancy all the time. It sounds very cliche and geez, I mean, so much about this podcast that gives me self doubt is when I hear that word in my mind. Oh, so cliche. Cliches could be just a word that we call things that we need to remember, but that we hear so often it loses its meaning. Could be. Finding that edge to the emotion can help us to push through it and not let it rule us. We are not our emotions, but all the thoughts and feelings that move through us day to day, moment to moment, are not us. They are not even blemishes on what we are. There's been past episodes where I talk about how I'm very inspired and warmed by the Buddhist idea of the great eastern sun, this metaphorical image they have for an always returning to a sense of perfection. The sun always rises in the east and sets in the west and just in the same way, We all have the capacity to go back to that perfection that we were born with, that blank slate, which we can reach by grounding into the present moment. How do we ground into the present moment to start to see how our emotions aren't those things? That's what I'm going to talk about in the last little bit of this podcast. As we round up this reminder, So the tide was reminding me to do a very simple exercise, something I'm going to talk you through now. You can try with me or you can try on your own time. It might sound like meditation because in probably many definitions it is, but my goal is to help you connect with the breath in a way that allows you to start to see that you are not a collection of things, but that you are an observer to things happening to you. So if you're willing to come along with me on this journey, you can start to observe your breath. And the funny thing about observing the breath is that the breath begins to become a little bit slower. what I want you to focus on is particularly what happens at the end of the inhale and the end of the exhale. Now at the end of the inhale, when your lungs are full, you could hold your breath if you like. But eventually, like a full balloon held with your two fingers, when you release, all that air is going to rush out into the world. And then when your lungs are empty, the air rushes back in. And what I want you to do is not control your breath now. That can be kind of difficult. Not to take a deep breath and then a deep exhale. That's what a lot of people will tell you to do. But rather, to just observe the natural rhythm. Just like that rising and falling of the tide just to observe that natural rhythm. And what you find is that the air does not leave you as much as it rushes out of you and then returns by rushing right back into you. Start to see somebody pushing and pulling pushing the air out of you, pulling the air back into you. And it becomes, the thought creeps into your mind, well, if I am just the pump, then who is doing the pumping? Who is filling my lungs with air? Am I the one that is doing that? Because... In the same sensation it can feel as if the air from the world is rushing into you, filling in that vacant space, low pressure to high pressure, high pressure to low pressure. And the truth of the matter is that you're doing both of those things simultaneously. You're, you are a participant and you are a witness. You are a participant and you are a witness. And while you might not get it this one time, it is important to observe the breath because the breath is your gateway into the present. This lovely place where you're immune from suffering, where suffering can't catch you. And just spending a few minutes, though the time is really irrelevant when The present is something that you're following rather than chasing, brings you into the space in which you start to see that your emotions are running through you like water down a stream, and the breath helps you realize that you're the one sitting on the bank watching the stream. There's a funny illusion, the kind of thing that when you recognize suddenly, now you're in the stream. (laughs) But in that presence, in the duality of observation, you sort of flick back and forth between these two things, between these two points. And somewhere between those polarities, you get an element of truth, an element of experiential understanding. This is the kind of thing that when I sat on that bank watching the tide and feeling my breath and feeling the air and the wind fill my lungs, I started to disassociate a little bit just in the same way that I spoke about in episode 15 is important to get out from underneath your emotions. It takes practice and geez, I'm no expert on it, that's for sure. It's an ongoing, lifelong learning process. (laughs) But I hope that by speaking about it today, I can sort of plant one of those seeds in your mind that allows you to start to see how rooting around in the past or fretting about the future is not the way, not the way. And geez, I love to do it, don't I? But it's not the way. Each day, each present is a present, and it's as if you're trying to unwrap it and make the day, each day, tomorrow and the next day, a certain sort of schedule of events that are fixed. You have to go to work, you've got to get groceries, blah blah blah, but it it isn't about those events as much as it is to chain together throughout all of those things a nice, soothing rhythm of harmony and peace and presence. So give yourself a present through a little presence. (laughs) Put that on a bumper sticker. I certainly wish that for you. In the last episode, I spoke about disassociation as a way to sometimes bring yourself to be able to see the edge of when emotions become overwhelming. And this is a lot like that. Finding the edge of what you think yourself so that you can sort of start to shed part of what's listening to this quiet voice is finding a way out of what we think we are into a new place and allowing for life to just evolve and move as it does another current moving through us all the time and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that that the beauty of life as you get to live it is in the change it's not in the static places so don't associate with being sad with being happy with being depressed or being full of self-doubt see these things as something that is upon you and then work with your own remedial practices going to nature meditation cooking for yourself taking a walk chatting with a stranger being a voice to a stranger who is in need or a friend or family member who is in need to help you see that you are not your emotions, you are not your thoughts. Things like sadness, they can be taken off. And things like happiness can be put on other people. (laughs) Hope we didn't get too far out there. I don't think we did. I don't think we did. As always, I'm so, so grateful to those who listen. And it's certainly helpful for me to share a little bit about what I'm feeling and not really hide behind any sort of imaginary place where I become sort of this perfect guide. Not at all. Not at all. I have self-doubt too, and I work to remove it. And sharing this podcast with you is part of that process. So I'm grateful to anybody who listens. I'm grateful and hope that this podcast can give you some tips and tricks and positive insights to restore a sense of positivity to your life and not get stuck into the doldrums. Because the doldrums can be quite a bore. (laughs) I wish for you presence that brings you peace outside of all of the polarities of your thought that you can find a little bit of respite wherever you are. I know that things are strange now. I know that there's a lot of unpredictable elements. But nesting and resting in that place of presence is how we get through it. It's how, it's how we get through it and how we allow for the best possible outcome to sort of just come to us, because it always does. That's it for now. If these episodes are f- helpful to you, uh, please let me know. You can write to me at a quiet voice media. At gmail.com, you can visit the website, quietvoicemedia.com. And you can message me on Instagram at a quiet voice podcast. The best way you can support the podcast, the best that you way that you can just share this message of resonance that I'm trying to just put out to make my life better and hopefully spread a little positivity just in the same way that supermarket clerk did to me is by sharing the podcast with friends and family and just as a nice little message to say hey I was thinking about you and you reminded me of this kind of presence that this you know this guy is speaking about I'm so grateful for all of the listeners and grateful for you spending time with me I hope I made it worth your while and we will chat again next week, if not sooner. Be well, and goodbye for now.